What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, April 23rd, 2019. Barrett, four days to get me a birthday present. I'm one oh, of your no. hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the returning KFGD co-host, Upload VR's David Jagno. Yay! Yay! You made it back, David. You said my name right. I'm, I know. I'm Jesus God, dude. And it's that thing. You know I'm an idiot. You've talked to me. We've had conversations. We're friends. And I just tell you, I see your last name, and I see it, and I'm always like, it's like, go like the Saints. And then I say new. And then I'm like, you know what? I just got to start spelling it jag dash no. Now, you've gone on, to the, on the document here. You've gone in the same way I try to do uh, Japanese names now. Because I know in my head how to say them, but when it gets down here to the fat mouth, I understand. It comes out garbage. You know? It's better than pr- trying to pronounce the X. That's what most people do. Jagnox, Jagnooks. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. It's an interesting last name you have. I hear a lot of stuff. Yeah, I'm sure. You've, I've heard a lot of things in all my years online. <laughs> you know what I heard, David? You guys are taking E3 by storm this year. What did you announce today? That is correct. As of about an hour ago, we announced the E3 VR showcase. You and, copycat uh, sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice how we even use the word showcase? You took the yeah, showcase. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You, you talked to me ahead of time about it. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, thank you. And um, no, you're absolutely right. We we saw what you guys did, and um, we, we love the idea. We thought you guys did a great job. Yeah. And um, obviously, Nintendo Directs are super popular. Yep. State of Play is now a thing. And everyone's going digital, and people are moving away from E3. There's open time slots on the week now where there's entire chunks of days where there's nothing going on. Yeah. And so we're like, you know what? VR needs to have a spotlight. Yeah, because 100%. Because E3 is still the biggest you know, event in the gaming world. You know, It's kind of spread out more across the year now, but it's still E3 is E3. Yeah. And uh, with no Sony press conference, you know, there's going to be no PSVR highlights of any kind. Sure. So um, the Val stage never... immediately gets smaller, right? Yeah, this exactly. is like the same thing about when PSX went away and why we did the game, kind of funny game show. Exactly. Was the yeah. idea like, well, where do these games go? And E3, it's the same deal. Whereas I'm so happy and so proud of you guys for looking at what we did by, with the showcase, being inspired and being like, you know what? We're going to do one just for VR games. Because again, right now, as I'm lining up the kind of funny game showcase, right? Uh, it's it, like we were indie focused the first time around, right. but we still had bigger, hit, bigger double uh, A games in there. Whereas this year, it very much is, uh, for E3, no, no, this is the indie sh- showcase. This is the indie stage. Because That's the awesome. other AA games have places to go, whether it be Microsoft, yeah, whether it be yeah. Square, which we'll talk about soon. Yeah, um, it's awesome to see you do that, too. So you're doing it 9 a.m. Uh, Monday morning uh, right. of E3, June 10th. Uh, how long do you think you're going for? How many games? What can you talk about today? Uh, so we don't want to reveal who's involved yet. Mm-hmm. It'll be a lot of the VR developers and companies that you would expect. Sure. Um, but also a lot that you might not have heard of before. That's great. Um, we really want to give a platform for people to show what they're doing and what they're doing to move VR forward. And there's nothing like that out there. You know, we thought maybe the PC gaming show would do that, but yeah. they never really embrace VR. They got to um, worry about their new turbo taxes, yeah. you know what I mean? Express <laughs> spreadsheets, I understand. Exactly. Got exactly. him, Barrett, ring it up! <laughs> and then, uh, as you know, you know, this spring coming is the new Oculus headset, the Quest. Oh my god, Quest, yeah, I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, and so, I mean, the VR market's continuing to grow and expand, yeah. and PSVR is bigger than ever, over 4 million headsets, which, you know, compared to 90 million PSVRs, doesn't sound like a lot. Or PS4s, yeah. Or P- PS4s, yeah, yeah, yeah. but if you, if you think about the fact, like, Uncharted 4 is one of the best-selling PS4 games I think it's still under 10 million units. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, 4 million is quite a lot of headsets. Oh, 100%. I mean, like, to yeah. talk about a peripheral, to jump on board right, with, right, that's right. still growing, that's still finding its legs. Oh, my gosh. Something a lot of people are still skeptical about. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Do you, What do you think for PlayStation VR, 
Do you think the next iteration is wireless? Do you think that's the next big change for them? Is just a better screen inside of it? Um, I'm hoping they don't try to go that route just yet. Yeah, I think they have more important things they should focus on, um, like better tracking. Yeah, that's uh, more than one single camera is super crucial. Uh, maybe they'll go inside out and put the cameras on the headset, like the Quest and the Rift sure. S. Um, but they need better controllers too. No analog sticks is you know very limiting for a lot of games. Yeah. And uh, just overall better tracking should be the focus, I think, for the next iteration. And they did announce the current PSVR will work on PS5. They did, yeah. yeah and yeah. so that's that's huge news, especially with the backwards compatibility. You know, every PS5 is going to be you know better than a Pro. Games are going to look better, sharper. So the current headset has some more life in it, I think. Oh yeah, with, for sure. You know, with sure. more power behind it. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, guess what? At Upload's uh, E3 showcase, they're announcing the new PlayStation VR. I just said it. You can't say that. I can say that. You know, you can't reveal his cards. I can neither confirm That's, nor deny. So you got to tune in now. June 10th, Monday, 9 a.m. It's PlayStation. Like, you know what? Here's a new one. We'll see. It's so cool you guys are doing that, though. I thank really, really you, like thank that. Thank you yeah. for your support. It means a lot. And, um, you know, we're, we're really excited. And just to clear things up, it is not a physical event. Sure. Okay. A lot of people have asked us about booth space and demo kiosks and it's weird right right yeah well, the first game showcase people were doing that to me too and i was like what no it's no no yeah. no 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 no, no. It's, uh, it's just a video it's going to be pre-made you know like you guys did it'll be premiered on youtube yep. and then it'll you know people can watch it anytime on youtube um we won't have a physical event space of, of any kind but yeah. um yeah so that's, that's our same thing for for kind of funny games e3 showcase yeah same idea this mm-hmm. is just like it was before we're gonna have this event we're gonna or this uh video we're gonna put it out on youtube that's where you're gonna go and get it Cool. Awesome. Cool. Well, that's stuff that's coming up in June, and I'm excited about it, but barely let me tell you I'm more excited about the news of today. Like Square Enix stealing our press conference time slot, oh. Anthem adding some features everybody's wanting, more Fortnite stuff, and even more news than that, because today's a real day of news, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash Games with your questions, comments, concerns. Uh, bad PSN names don't exist anymore and it still hurts inside my soul. Uh, but I'm glad you can change your name now. Uh, then, tune in live. We record the show twitch.tv slash Games. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. So we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on YouTube.com slash KindOfFunnyGames, RoosterTeeth.com, and listening on podcast services around the globe. Housekeeping for you today. Cooking with Greggy is back. All right. Yeah. If you go over to YouTube.com slash KindOfFunny, the first episode of Second Helpings, the second season of Cooking with Greggy is up. This is a show brought back by you because you loved us so much uh, on our Patreon fundraiser. Thank you so much for that. Speaking of the Patreon fundraiser, that made the Vancouver meet and greet possible. The Kind of Funny World Tour is in Vancouver May 4th. You can go to KindOfFunny.com slash events to find out all about that. Speaking of Patreon again, Thank you to our Patreon producers, Tom Bach, Blackjack, James Davis, and Mohammed Mohammed. You can go to patreon.com slash games if you'd like to hear your name read for a month. And then, of course, today we're brought to you by Quip, Experian, and Brooklinen. But I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Five items on the Roper Report. Number one, these sons of bitches at Square Enix have stolen the E3 press conference time slot I wanted for the Kind of Funny Game Showcase, all right? As everybody knows, PlayStation always takes that 6 p.m. Monday slot. PlayStation's like, I'm out. I was like, fine, I'll do it myself. And here comes Square saying they're going to take it. And now i got to figure out where I'm going to put this dang showcase. (laughs) Anyway, Square Enix tweeted today, Square Enix Live E3 2019 
kicks off another exciting lineup of titles. Tune in to the, squ- the squinix.link slash E3 on Monday, June 10th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Hashtag Square Enix E3. David, are you excited? Square Enix coming out swinging, going and taking uh, the big boy slot. The big one. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? really? Um, I, they've never really done anything at E3 that's impressed me recently. Yeah, their press conference um, last year it was no, no moss. Yeah, it's kind of been just a year of, you know, here's what's coming next for Final Fantasy fourteen. Here's the new DLC for this game. Here's, yeah. oh, the next Tomb Raider game, next Just Cause game. And, I mean, it's... It's just kind of predictable, and so maybe this means that there will be more. Yeah. Maybe there will be that Avengers game that Lee so writes many people in to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames and says, so Square Enix has officially taken over Sony's slot at E3. That's one E3 question out of the way. With Square taking over this slot, it puts them in a huge spotlight. Do you think this will finally be the year we hear about the Avengers game, or does having, this sl- or having a slot that was previously set up for the main thing mean absolutely nothing? I would think it means something. I think that Square is feeling themselves. I think that Square is coming in thinking that they have to capitalize on what didn't wow people last year, and they have to come out swinging. The problem is, with Xbox being the day before, this is what always hurts them, right? Is that they go on Xbox's stage and show something, Tomb Raider, right, or whatever, and right. they come back to their their main stage, or their, their E3 stage, and then show something the same thing, another look yeah, at it. Or maybe a that. separate demo of the same game that they already announced. Yeah, right. Yeah. So the question then would be for the Square, is it going to be that they hold off? I, You know, Andrea and I were talking jokingly yesterday uh, based on the Fortnite Cross Avengers stuff. Like, and where is the Avengers game? Blah, 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 blah. This feels like the E3, they have to do something with that Avengers game, and I would hope that by taking this slot, it means they're going to go big with it, and they're going to have a giant blowout. Am I hoping too much, though, David? I, I agree that I hope, and I think they need to and have to, but people have been saying the same thing about Microsoft for years at E3, and they still haven't done what they need to do. Sure. And well, that's so, always the funny thing about us here being the armchair quarterbacks, right? Yeah. <laughs> you cut to a boardroom like, we don't have that. What do they want us to do? We can't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, they're in a position where, you know, obviously their games have been doing well. You know, they're successful. And I think people are, for the most part, pretty pleased with what they're coming out with. But Are um, they? And are they for, successful for enough? Heard. I mean, like, I feel like there's a tale of two squares. Uh-huh. Where I think Square Japan, Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts, they're happy. They're yeah, doing great. Yeah, yeah. Square Western is in a weird spot, right? Where it's like True. Deus Ex, dead. Tomb Raider, undelivering. Avengers, seemingly taking forever. Maybe this was always the plan. Um, uh, yeah, even Just Cause 4 had some issues. Just Cause yeah. 4 doesn't deliver. Nobody cares about that. And then uh, Square Enix Montreal, the Go Games, right? Like, they've been all quiet forever. Oh, uh, true, yeah. Like, there's so, yeah, like what ports. is going on with Square Enix uh, in the Western part mm-hmm. of the, or, you know, just the West in general, including other English-speaking territories? What is exactly going on with them, and what are yeah, they they've, doing? Yeah, they've really expanded so much in recent years that I, I tend to forget that Ooh. they are more than just the the Japanese arm because yeah. that's in my mind that's what I that's think what you of look at, right? Square yeah. yeah let me bring in Emmett Watkins Jr. who writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says what are you guys hoping to see from Square Enix's conference at E3 I'm surprised they're even having one since Kingdom Hearts 3 and the latest Tomb Raider just came out I'm of course hoping to see Avengers but since They'd have to fill time with more than just one announcement. I'll cross my fingers for a sleeping dog successor. Parentheses. It was great. Everyone should play it, damn it. Emmett Watkins Jr. It was great. Everyone should play it, Barrett. I think it was PlayStation Plus. Did you not like it, Barrett? You got that breathy okay like you're dismissive of it. (laughs) Nah, I'm just kidding. You better. You better wash your tongue over there, all right? (laughs) Oh, it is big. No. (laughs) That's a KFA joke. Um... 
So I think Avengers, obviously, you have to do it. The question is, do you lead with it? Which I think you do. Come out swinging with it or close with it. That game was announced, what, two years ago? Yeah, we did this yesterday, right, Barrett? You know, I never remember the dates. So it was, uh, today, it's, yeah, 2017 is when it got announced, I believe. Wow, Barrett, yeah. give me another fact check on that, but I'm pretty sure. Oh. Yeah, I think January 2017, it yeah. came out of the blue. They put January it January 26, 2017. Yeah. Again, as we talked yesterday, I Andrea holds on to some kind of hope that it's connected to the movies or at least opens that door. I think that door is slammed shut. I don't think that's what Marvel Games is doing. Sure, sure. So I think it does make sense of cool. We'll be on the other side of Endgame. It'll people have chilled out a bit. They'll be we, we'll know who's alive and who's dead. You'll you'll understand what the Avengers are so that when Square does, "Hey, here is our Avengers game. Here's what it looks like. Here it is the classic thing, but it's in its own world and you get it." This is me hypothesizing. Uh It'll make sense to everybody and be their own thing. What's the date for Ultimate Alliance Three? Is that that's later this year? That's right? summer. That's okay. I want to say June, but Barrett, I'll take a search for that too. Okay. Yeah, that's the other thing. But I think okay. even that, like, there's enough with that being squ- Switch only. Right. With right, that right, being right. like having it doesn't more. overlap that much. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I, and to my and what I mean from what I'm I've, we've seen of it, right? Cartoony graphics versus again what I was talking about yesterday. I yeah. assume the Chris Dynamics game is going to be gorgeous. It's going to be over the shoulder third person. You, you would imagine it I better mean, be. That's what I want. And it's, been, it's been so long since they've had a game from Marvel like that other than Spider-Man you know mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. I remember the movie tie-in games used to come out all the time they had the Captain America game sure. which wasn't that bad actually there was you know all the Iron Man games that were that bad and uh, you know there were just so many games that used to come out but you know all that's died off and even if they weren't that good I, I kind of miss it you know like, yeah. I, I liked being able to buy a game that was tied in with the movie like Every now and then they were okay. Like, I, I, yeah, that's the thing is I don't miss it, but maybe I that's do. that's not the right word. No, but, but you're yeah. right where it's like I fucking have a soft spot for yeah. uh, X-Men just Origins that, that Wolverine. that optimism of, of buying a game that tied to a movie you love. Like yeah. just that's hoping maybe. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. July 19th, 2019. Thank you so uh, much, Barrett. That, okay. that was, and also a, hot, a shout out to Ill Grill Chill who shouted that out. And then also a shout out to the idiot who drank six pounds of pizza sauce at the Kansas City meet and greet who points out <laughs> limited games has also announced they're hosting an E3 press conference June 10th at 2 cool. p.m. Central. I think they did one last year too. They yeah. did, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Theirs was really funny because it was all on bad green screen on purpose. And yeah, I'm, I'm assuming Devolver will have another one as of well. Of course, and they'll murder yeah. somebody up there again as they always do. <laughs> um, so stretching beyond that, right? I think Avengers is guaranteed. Uh, you, the Sleeping Dogs would be awesome, Emmett. I don't see it happening. I'll throw out there that I think this is where you could see Octopath Traveler too. I think you could see the first tease of that, and they'll be like, tomorrow there'll be more than Nintendo Direct, because Nintendo always does the Direct on Tuesday morning, or yeah, not. It'd be good timing, because that's coming out on PC, right? And uh, Yeah, the first one, yeah, 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 it's coming out, yeah. And then I don't think, I know this sounds crazy, I don't know if it's beyond the realm of possibility to get a Tomb Raider teaser. I realize they just pull one out, but I think, again, that was the one that was split between Crystal and Square Enix Montreal, right? So right. maybe Crystal's two teams, and they've had somebody else working on a Tomb Raider thing? I, I don't know. What's the over-under on Final Fantasy VII Remaster? Of just, them just showing The remaster it? of it? Yeah. Or remake. Yeah, I know what I mean. I think that's another one that I would put in a likely category because yeah. I feel like you got to have something. Because they restarted the development of that like right. a year or two, I think. That was announced, what, four years ago? Three years PSX, ago? PSX, yeah. One of the PSX back in the day. Yeah, yeah I think or, that's the thing. And you know, with no PlayStation, sure. Uh, then you get into stuff like, yeah, what about Deus Ex? I mean, I know we said Deus Ex is dead, but what about a reimagining of something or whatever? Yeah. I, I think it's way too soon, and I don't yeah. think that's You want to hear my thing. way out there sure. prediction? Sure, let me hear it. I do All right. It. I think they're going to announce a multiplayer battle royale for Just Cause. Maybe a mode of some kind. Yeah. Oh, a mode? Okay, like yeah, DLC. Yeah. Okay, that I could see. That could see. That'd be interesting. It'd be yeah. too late for that game, though. Would it, or would it rejuvenate the game? No. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Ship sail on that one, huh? Yeah. Probably. God, they had such a marketing campaign on that. 
Anybody yeah. from anyone could have told you that's not going to perform. Don't put that much money in it. Why is it on billboards? Why is it on the side of buildings? No, that's not going to happen. No this offense was, to just college fans. Kevin loves it, but no. I also put on here Go Game. Again, what is Square Enix Montreal doing, right? I don't know. They could That could be there. And then, yeah, Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts. It, you know, Tim is always quick. If he was here, if he ever came to work on time, he'd be here <laughs> and he would be saying something to the effect of, they, this, we still don't know what the next Final Fantasy is. They still haven't announced the title. They still haven't done right, anything. Which like, is weird. It, yeah, he, he's like, strange. that's very weird for them. So, yeah, you could see something coming around. So, we'll see. Uh, Lord of Pwn points out uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake was announced at E3 2015. Really? I thought it was PSX. No, I remember because that was my first E3. Huh. And that was my first press conference ever. And I'll never forget being there for that, Shinmu 3, uh, and Last Guardian. That's why I'm yeah. confusing. Like it. that yeah, trifecta, yeah. the whole room just was shaking with excitement. It was it was a big moment. I remember that. I think they showed it again later that year at PSX. No, that makes sense. That's yeah. totally right. I understand. I I just, that year of dreams play. all blends together for me yeah. of which conference was which. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord of Fun goes on and says, Reminder that the Final Fantasy VII Remake is still a PlayStation first title. There is no PlayStation conference at E3. And there is a Final Fantasy VII concert the night before Square uh. Enix's E3 event. Oh, see, that's a good point because they had the Kingdom Hearts concert the night before E3, I think two years ago, and that's when they announced the date mm, mm, is at mm. that concert. So I think that I think Square is not run by dumb people. Dumb people don't work True. there. I think they understand that they have missed the mark for these last couple E3s and that if they're coming in and they are taking the PlayStation uh, spot, which has always been, and I don't mean, I said earlier, the big voice, whatever, it's always been the finale, right? Nintendo does its own thing. You know what you're getting. Nintendo's awesome. Fucking can't wait for Animal Crossing. But like <laughs> PlayStation was always like the final. Here we go. Here's the big AAA stuff. Like I feel if Square's like bold enough to take that slot, they have to have something. Which is better yeah. than us because we have nothing. We just have cool, <laughs> we have cool indie games for you. That's all I got. You know what I mean? We shall see. June tenth, not that far away. Terrifying to look at a calendar. I don't know if you if you've seen god. this lately. I try not to. Oof, yeah. God, I just Gen, Gen, yeah. Jen was told me the number of days to E three yesterday. I was like, don't ever say that again. Stop. I don't. Yeah, because if, if you that. compare the stress level of oh my god, it's next week versus oh my god, it's five weeks away, mm-hmm. it's about the same. So I just avoid it. Sure. Yeah. And it just let it surprise me. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> One day you wake up, like, yeah. I'm in LA. Fuck. <laughs> uh, number two, Anthem has a patch 1.1.0, and it adds a bunch of new features and requested features. I'm pulling from the new features. The patch is way bigger than this, but if you're one of the people who poo-pooed Anthem at the beginning, you'll be happy to hear these. Uh, the sunken... Sunken Cell Stronghold is now available to all players who have completed the main story critical path. They added the ability to select contracts from the start of Expedition screen rather than going to the individual contracts board in Fort Tarsus or in the launch bay. Here's, that's impressive if you played it and were mad at that. Here's where it gets crazy. Added the ability to launch a new mission oh, from the man. end of Expedition screen without having to return to Fort Tarsus or the launch bay. Added the ability to access the forge during missions, strongholds, and free play. You can now change your gear without having to return to Fort Tarsus or the launch that's bay. That's huge. It, it sounds minor if you haven't played Anthem, Yeah, but those loading screens, oh my god. And that's I think that's the biggest... Uh, thing to take away from this. If you're not an Anthem fan, you're like, I don't get it. Like, Or not an Anthem player, I should say. Or didn't play Anthem at launch. You don't get it, but you probably heard people bitching about it. And this is like one of their main complaints was yeah. the fact that, why do I have to go back to Fort Tarsus to get into, get back into the game again? Why can't I just keep playing the missions back to back to back? And to it, back it to was back? compounded by the fact that at launch, most of the crashes happened at loading screens. Mm. And you had to see loading screens every couple minutes. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was just, especially some of those missions were so short. You yeah. would just go out into the open world, go talk to someone, mission complete, loading screen. 
go to the go to the fort loading screen. Yeah, go I want to put the, on this oh. new item or whatever, new gun on my uh, yeah, mech or yeah. whatever, and then get back. At, yeah, loading exactly. Screen. Yeah. yeah, being able to change gear in the world that that's huge. And that's and it's such a goofy oversight. Of, again, a team that I think had their heads down probably working on it and didn't think that would be a problem or just didn't, by the time they realized it was going to be a problem, they couldn't fix it in in time for launch. Because, again, think about it now. Like, this game's been out quite a while and this is finally getting patched. Like, clearly they had to go in and uh, mess with a whole bunch of stuff. How much Anthem did you play? I finished the campaign. Okay. Um, I haven't really played it too much since then. Yeah. Um, The end game was just too grindy for me. Yeah. Same thing happens to me with all these kind of games. You know, Destiny, Division, every game like this, I usually bounce off after I finish the campaign. Understandable. Do you think, uh, when when you finished it, outside of loading screens, what was your take on Anthem? I thought, I, I noticed something, that every Bioware game has the exact same story template. Yeah. Where you play as a hero in a long forgotten organization of former heroes yeah. fighting an ancient <laughs> evil that's come back and you have to get a ragtag group of people and recruit people to then take on the big bad guy at the sure, end. Sure, sure. It's like the exact same story. And it just feels even more generic in this. Yeah. Um and I think I think for me the biggest reason for that is because they took away all of your companions. Right. Um, because in every other Bioware game, you're talking to your companions, you're fighting with them in the field, you're going on missions. Now they're just a voice in your ear. And so it was a very different experience. They wanted you to play co-op with other people, but usually those people don't talk if they're strangers, and yep. you just you lose out on all that character development. Yeah, and, um, 100%. Yeah. Like I, I, We talked about it on the shows before, obviously. I enjoyed Anthem for what I put into yeah, it. Yeah, the right? gameplay was great. I yeah, mean, it was I, a fun game. I loved, yeah, shoot, yeah, I loved blasting around. I was the Strider, right? So I was super fast. I get in there, okay, and yeah. gas everybody, attack them, get yeah, out. Yeah, Strider was my second favorite. I usually played a Storm. Right. Yeah. But in it, for me, I always talked about it when we reviewed it, right? It, it, it didn't click with me on the two nights I played with other people until the Saturday where I woke up and played by myself. And that's when it was like, oh, when I can walk around Fort Tarsus and talk to people on my own, they do have stories and they are telling me interesting. Yeah. And I do like you and I hate you and this, that, and the it's other. It's almost like two games. You exactly. Know? It was very much a mashup. Of, it's even first person versus third person between those two areas yeah. as well. It's really strange. Yeah, there's something to Anthem. And I will be fascinated to see if it can have a No Man's Sky, if it can have a Final Fantasy fourteen kind of uh, uh, re- redemption arc. If, yeah. like you look at stuff here and it's like wow that's all great I'm obsessed with the division 2 right and I'm, we're obviously you and I are both playing days gone for review and we have that yeah. embargo coming up so it's like when I'm done with days gone and a couple of the other games I have floating around for you like Jupiter and Mars yep. PlayStation VR yeah I need I, to finish that too I want to get you know I want to jump back to division so it's like anthem continues to move down the, the list right but I hope that what's going to happen is a year from now, they're going to drop some giant expansion. It's going to be awesome. It's going to have not just these uh, passion notes we're talking about today, a year's worth of fixes that I'll turn it back on and be like, oh my gosh, like it's still the gameplay I love, but all these pain points, all these problems yeah, that I've gone to. Yeah. But I don't know if that's possible because I do see it just continue to get ragged on. Now, granted, it's because I'm still following the subreddit and I still sure. see people dogpiling <laughs> on everything, but it's also the good will, will I felt that was there seems to be gone. On the Anthem subreddit in particular, like it used yeah. to be like, this sucks, but it, blah, blah. And now it's just like, no, this sucks. Like, what the fuck? When they canceled the stream because of the, in the internet and everybody thought it was an inside job, kind of, it's like, okay, everybody. Like, it's still, <laughs> they're just eating each other alive over there. It's like, Ugh. we'll see what happens. But yeah. I remember when No Man's Sky was like that. And then um, it's, it seemed to be compounded as well by the fact that, you know, that all the news about what could have been Dragon Age was canceled. And yeah. now it's like Anthem with dragons and whatever that means, you know, it's um, still up in the air, but um, it's just, it, it's, it's sad to see because Bioware is one of my favorite developers sure. and it's just, it seems bizarre that um, this is the kind of game that they 
decided to make or were told to make. I, I you know, it's still unclear about whose idea it was to make it the way it is. Um, and it's just, it's strange because, you know, multiplayer online only co-op shooter isn't what I would ever think of for a Bioware game. Right. And yeah, it, it was, yeah. uh, somebody on Twitter, I should have, I, I mean, whatever, I don't even remember if it was somebody in the industry or just a funny tweet, but it was uh, after the respawn reveal of Star Wars and they're uh-huh. like, wait, let me get this straight. <laughs> Bioware, one of the best people for, yeah. for, for <laughs> single player stories ever was given a multiplayer game or a multiplayer online game and service. Then respawn known for their multiplayer online games <laughs> as a service was given a Star Wars single player only game. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? They don't know. They don't know, man. <laughs> hey, maybe they're going to, you know, correct it off from here on out. You don't know. Okay. And also respawn, let them go. They, they, that uh, Titanfall two campaign was great. Let's oh, see, it was see what they got. excellent, excellent. Um, in the chat, or not the chat. I'm sorry. In kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Justin pops in to say the Strider is not a class in Anthem. It's the Interceptor that you guys were thinking of. Very true. Oh right, okay. I forget where, where does Strider come from. Tell me that kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Yeah, it's Storm, Interceptor, Colossus, and Ranger. Those I, are the once I found, once I got my Interceptor, I was never. I was like, <laughs> you unlocked other things. I'm like, I don't care. I'm getting good at this. I'm building out things for this. I got nothing. I yeah, got nothing yeah. else going on here. Uh, number three, there's more of that Fortnite Cross Avengers hotness over on the Fortnite Twitter again today. An image was posted. It is of course. Thor's axe hammer thing, Stormbringer, right? Stormbreaker. Breaker. I just watched. I, I just watched uh, uh, Infinity War again over the weekend. Oh, okay. And like when I, and I always forget what he calls the new Mjolnir or whatever. And yeah, so yeah, it I, took me almost ten years to figure out how to pronounce that. Mjolnir. Yeah, now exactly. He has a different one. Yeah, yeah. but it's just like when it, like when Peter Dinklage says Stormbreaker or yeah. whatever, and, yeah. and, the, and the Rockets like eh, seems a bit much. Yeah. And that's like, oh, that's probably why I never remembered. I'm it's so just, excited. I'm doing my ex. I can't wait. I'm doing my uh, rewatch, and so I'm doing Ragnarok tonight, and then Infinity mm. War tomorrow, and then we got Endgame on Thursday, baby. Delicious. Let's go. Delicious. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, yeah, Stormbreaker's up there now being held up by, I think, what looks to be like the little goldfish arm, but I can't tell. Uh, do you play Fortnite? I don't. Okay. No, no. I'm, uh, PUBG was my Battle Royale game for probably about a year and a half, and then um, I haven't really been playing much Battle Royale since. Gotcha. I, I liked Apex. It, you know, it's just there are so many games that want you to play them constantly that it's impossible to keep up. You know, especially with all the embargoes oh, and, yeah. you know, reviews and the all that. The next thing to do just, for work, the next thing to do for work, yeah. Yeah, I just, I would like to, just, yeah. I understand. Yeah, I haven't been on uh, Fortnite in a, in a duck's age, but whatever they're going to drop on the 25th, if it's costumes, I'm going to go in there and buy them all. So whenever I do get back to the addiction that is Fortnite, it'll be there for me. Uh, number four, World War Z has sold more than one million units. This is from Jason Wilson at Venture Beat. Zombie games can still bring in big sales. As publisher, Focus Home Interactive and developer Saber Interactive announced today that their co-op shooter World War Z has passed more than one million copies sold since its April 16th launch on PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. It accomplished this despite not being on Steam. It's an Epic Game Store exclusive for PC. This is a fantastic showing for Saber, the New Jersey-based studio that put out Shaq Fu, A Legend Reborn, and NBA 2K Playgrounds 2 last year. Saber Interactive CEO Matthew Karsh said that World War Z is better than he thought it would is better. I think he means better, doing better than he thought it would outside of the U.S. And that it's at its peak, World War Z had 70,000 concurrent players during launch week. 
So happy to see that. Uh, I talk about it, you know, uh, when I went to GDC, went and took a demo for it. Had no idea what I was walking into. Yeah. Walked out like, holy shit, that was awesome. It's Left for Dead. It's Left right. for Dead with right. zombies that run on top of each other. Uh, we'd gotten codes last week. We were going to do a party mode and ensure a shit kind of funny fashion. Uh, the servers for this game were down. It was it was launch day. <laughs> I don't think uh, Focus Home and Saber are the biggest uh, developers and publishers right. around. Right. And they were just getting rocked. And it was like, all right, cool. Missed the boat. This weekend was all days gone reviewing. And then uh, I think today Day, actually in the afternoon we're trying to get back in there and do the world war z stuff but i was super happy with it i i, I hope it holds up on ps4 i want to play it there and get yeah into those it. those trailers are excellent right they've done for that game it's I, I show that to my wife she she doesn't play games very often but she loves zombies and disney okay so it's a yeah i, I agree that's okay. my face right. too yeah, every day um she loves kingdom hearts and she loves you know she used to play left for dead and all that stuff in the walking dead games um so i showed her the trailer and she was super hyped about it but then we found out there's no local co-op which mm. is the case for almost every game these days. Yeah, so yeah. I haven't played it yet. Gotcha. Um, but I, I want to check it out because those swarms look incredible. Yeah, from when I played at GDC, it was a lot of fun. And it, 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 it scratches that itch that I think so many games, like Evolve didn't. Is that, hey, guess what? This is a game you can jump into and have fun and pick up the weapons you want to pick up. And you don't need to... I mean, there are classes, but they're not like... It's not like Evolve, where it's like, I need to talk to you and tell you how to do this while I put this guy and tether him. and You put. You know what a up. really bad co-op zombie game is? What's that? Overkill's The Walking Dead. That, that was not a good game. Yeah, it didn't play, I mean, it died pretty quick. It did. <laughs> it died really quick when it, it came did. out. Ironically, yeah. it did not <laughs> live very long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I reviewed that for IGN, and I did What'd not have it? a good time. Um, I, th- I want to say a four or five something. Yeah. I can't remember. Ouch. Yeah. 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 I, we, I saw it on PC, played a little bit on PC, and it was like... There's interesting mechanics here in terms mm-hmm. of like, oh, well, they're like, you know, how to sneak up and how to distract them. And like, I, there was one part where I was playing with uh, another player and he drew them and I was able to walk up and stab him in mind. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But then it was like, I, I was like, I'm going to wait for console. And then I was like, oh, this game sucks so much. It's not coming to console. I was like, well, okay, well, moving <laughs> on with my life. God rest your soul. And then finally, number five, the Epic Game Store exclusivity means money. I think a lot of people didn't think about this. Uh, this is James Bachelor over at GamesIndustry.biz. He's talking about Snapshot, Snapshot Games' Phoenix Point. Uh, I'll let them explain, but this is our ongoing discussion of what's going on at Epic and why. Snapshot Games' Phoenix Point isn't due to be released until September, yet the game has nearly doubled its development costs already. That's according to an email sent to Fig backers shared on Reset Era. The document tells holders of Fig Game shares that the strategy title has already accrued a 191% return, a 91% return on the investment into the game. This is no small part due to the exclusivity deal for Epic Game Store, with Fig reporting that this agreement has brought in significant resources for Snapshot. And this will ultimately benefit backers as well. Quote, Since the received cash advance contributes to the game's revenue, it will be shared with investors as per our licensing agreement with Snapshot, the email reads. Additionally, investment returns will continue to accrue with sales of the game. End quote. Uh, remachine it. The forum member who shared the email attempted to calculate how much Epic paid for the exclusivity using various financial documents for Snapshot, claiming it amounts to around $2.25 million. GamesIndustry.biz has contacted Epic to find out if these maths are even vaguely accurate. Epic's exclusivity deals have been somewhat divisive or divisive uh, since the store launched around Christmas. Snapshot co-founder Julian Gallup uh, already defended the decision to temporarily make the new platform the only sales channel for Phoenix Point after complaints from backers. So this is one of those that made 
headlines when it happened because, of course, Fig is you buying in. It's it's like an Indiegogo, but you get a return if if you contribute enough on a certain thing. Right. Yeah, so again, a people crowd are investors, not just backers. Exactly, yeah. a crowdfunded game that then again went from being crowdfunded to actually be having a huge investment from Epic, and as this says, going up one hundred and ninety one percent. Uh, I think this is a more interesting one. You've seen a lot of people get flack for their Kickstarter games, uh, their Indiegogo games, going and making an exclusivity deal like this. However, with this already having a financial uh, kickback if you're a fig backer, it makes more sense. But it's so fascinating of talking about, yeah, like a no- 191%, right, is where they're at. Meaning that if you're a backer now or a fig uh, contributor, I guess, stockholder, shareholder, you're seeing money signs in your eyes, right? Because now whatever yeah, this game's going to yeah. make, it's just going to be gravy. If they. <laughs> hit all their development milestones on time, if they deliver the right way, if they keep up and don't owe more and more money. It's been fascinating. You're more in the PC world than me. What's your read on Epic Game Store? Uh, for me, I think a lot of the the outcry against it is... It's it's a bit ridiculous, I, I think. Um, for, for a case like this, it's a little more interesting because it makes me wonder... I haven't, I haven't seen what the original FIG pitch was on the site, yeah. but if you have people investing in your company... If you were selling them the idea of having a game on Steam, then it's a little mm-hmm. weirder, mm-hmm. you know, because you're promising something and you're accepting money, and then it's it's a little stranger. It, I mean, maybe they just said it's coming to PC. I don't know, um, but you know, this is a game a lot of people are excited about. This is the one from the uh, the XCOM guy, right? This is the like spiritual successor, I think, to XCOM. That sounds right, but I'm not 100 percent sure. On I that. could be wrong, but I think kind that's of what it is. Yeah. yeah. And um, it's it's strange there. I'm going to bring up VR because it's what I do. Yeah, um, do. There's a lot of allegories to the VR market right now because with Oculus on PC, they have the Oculus Home Store. And you have to have an Oculus headset to access that store. And there's a lot of exclusive games on that store that aren't on Steam. And a lot of them are great. And they require you to have an Oculus headset to use that store, even though it's on PC. So you have a PC. Usually you would think you can access any game on PC just by using your PC. Yeah. But you need the right headset. And so people are upset about that. And there's hacks to get around it. You can play your Oculus games on a Vive. There's a hack for it. Yeah. Um, but for that, it's, it's a little different because you're using the same PC, but you're restricting it based on a peripheral, a headset. Huh. And so that's a huge problem for people right now is a lot of... Do you think there'll be movement on it? Is Oculus going to back down? No, they seem to be doubling down on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially with the Quest coming out, there's a lot of cross-buy titles now. Okay. So if you have a Rift and you already bought, um, you know, I think one of the games that was confirmed to be cross-buy, um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but there's a few that are already confirmed. Sure. That if you have it on Rift, once you get your Quest, you'll have it on there all, already. I, I would assume Beat Saber is going to be one of them, right? They or haven't no? confirmed okay. it. Okay. Uh, we've asked them, and they said that they're still deliberating. Okay. Um, Superhot's another one that's not confirmed yet. Interesting. Uh, but there's a lot of games that are going to be on both. And so for some people, they bought their Rift games on Steam yeah. because they wanted um, to ensure, like, oh, if I switch from Rift in the future, I'll still have access to it. But now the Quest is coming out, and it's the opposite, where people that bought on home are being almost rewarded with cross-buy. And it's it's a confusing, weird place right now because um, there are so many VR headsets in the PC space especially. Yeah. I mean, I could I could I probably have close to a dozen at home that are Lord just almighty. for PC. Yeah. What do you keep them all? I, on the floor. <laughs> it's just clutter everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fascinating. I didn't even think about that. Because, that you know, obviously as we talk, the story that comes up here is always Steam versus uh, Epic right. in terms of the store. I've never thought about it from the, 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 that we're now fragmenting the PC market so much into the headsets. Yeah, Epic, um, I believe some games on Epic have VR support or some will be coming out with VR support. Uh-huh. And I'm not, 
I'm not sure. I haven't launched a VR game from Epic, Epic before. Yeah. Because on Steam, they have their own runtime. Like, it's the Steam VR, like, whatever that you need to have open for a game to launch. And Oculus has their own. Gotcha. So I don't even know what would happen on Epic. Like, um, I don't know. I don't know how that would work. Do you... So... You're talking about Oculus is doubling down on it. Do you see it coming where we're eventually people are going to knock each other out and you're going to have one or it's going to go back to how Steam was? It's Right now, it's it's so much up in the air. I think a, a lot of people speculate this is a lot of the reasons why um, people like Palmer Lucky and Brendan Iribe left Oculus is because mm. they were against that closed ecosystem or sure. the walled garden, as Tim Sweeney calls it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... I don't know. I mean, for me, as someone that has access to all the headsets, you know, there's not enough people in the VR market right now for there to be profitability just releasing a game on Steam for every headset usually. You know, it's very hard to make money in VR. So when you have companies like Oculus and Sony throwing money at you for an exclusive... to to you As a developer, it makes sense to take that deal because later on you can just port it over anyway. Sure. And so, I mean, look consumers, at Moss, right? I mean, like, yeah, look at yeah, anybody yeah. but Moss, where it was like, we're a PlayStation VR title. And then what was six months later, they started porting Yeah, that. yeah. And then Beat Saber did the same thing pretty much. And yeah. there, there's been a lot of games that have done that. I think um, like Skyrim was an exclusive on uh, PSVR for yeah, a while. Yeah, that's where it started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, the same thing's happening with Epic versus Steam and this kind of stuff, too. It's, you know, I think at the end of the day, there's less cause for being upset if you're not a VR user because you can still for no extra cost, just download the Epic Store. Sure. You can still download the same game. Um, you don't need a different headset or a different you know, input device like in the VR community where they do. Um, but you know, it's, it's tricky because whenever you have invest, investors with all these people and backers like that, it, you know, people are going to have more claim to be upset than just a normal Reddit you know, troll. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'm just somebody yeah. who's invested in the platform, let alone sure. I have money in the game, right? Right. Well, David... I can't wait to see how this all nets out. What's going to happen? Whose VR headset will rule? Who's going to get money? What's going to go we on? We have all the store? answers at the E3 VR showcase. You have none of those answers, <laughs> but even if you did, the upload E3 VR showcase is so far away. If I needed something more immediate, like say what came to the mom and grop shops today, where would I go? You would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah! I just want to point out uh, the fact that uh, this week is Endgame. Be cool in the chat. Are people not being cool in the chat? There's possible spoilers in the chat, and I'm trying to figure it out. Mods, fucking delete Shut them. it down. But delete, re- delete, delete, delete. Matt Hardy. Just remember, be cool in the chat. Endgame is very. I had heard for rumors, or I had heard a uh, Joey Noel brought to the the forefront out there mm. a sub only mode for the rest of the week, mm. so that we could dodge that. You yeah, know, I, I saw a spoiler. Don't tell me. I'm not gonna tell you, okay. but I saw it on a thread about Game of Thrones. <sighs> See, this uh, is my thing. Going everywhere. This is my uh, thing of like it's, and I got a text last night from my friend who went to the premiere, and he's like, I'm not gonna talk about the movie. He's like, just don't go on the internet though, because everything's getting spoiled now. Well, that, mm. I'm I mean, like, that's hard for me. It's <laughs> <laughs> really hard. <laughs> Literally, and so there's that thing now where I've been uh, opening up things and looking, and I haven't seen anything. But I was like, why am I in here? Like, yeah. why do I care about yeah, this Reddit like, thing? Get out. I don't need it. I, I don't need to read this. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Joey, what do you want to do? You want to just put it in sub only mode? You want to lock it down? It is only sub only mode. Somebody, uh, but somebody's sub, out there. Is it Zyger? Is it Zyger? Being, it's probably Zyger. Is it Amy Gills? No, no I trust Amy. Amy and Andrew Francis are the one that put it in sub only mode. All right, fine. Mm. Out today! Mm. Dragon's Dogma Dark Horizon on yes. Switch. Yeah? One of the most underrated RPGs of all time. Really? Yes. Huh, okay. What do you like Excellent. about it? Excellent. It is. 
So I saw a tweet about it that summed my feelings up exactly. I can't remember who it was, but it is all of the things that I like about Dark Souls without all the baggage of being a Dark Souls game. Huh. In an open world mixed with traditional medieval high fantasy, it, it's amazing. Huh. All right, then. That's good to know. Is it, it's a port, right? The Dragon's Dogma. It is. So okay. it's a port of a remaster. So there was Dragon's Dogma on PS3 and whatnot, and then uh-huh. Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen, which was a re-release with a ton of new content, and now that's being ported to Switch. I haven't played on Switch. Oh. I don't know how it is, but on PS3, PS4, it's incredible. It's All right. good game. Uh, Beyond Enemy Lines, Covert Operations on Switch. Uh, Biplane Racer on PC. Tank X on PC. Bit Dungeon 3 on PC. Never Winter Under Mountain on PC, and then it's coming to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One June 11th. That's an early new date for you. And then Mortal Kombat 11 All right. on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. EJ writes in to patreon.com slash games and says, you know, I'm a little heartbroken. I bought the $100 edition of Mortal Kombat 11, and the word on the street is that the game is a grind, and the unlockables are random loot-style boxes. I mean, what the fuck? Even the fatalities are behind loot boxes? What makes what? this matter worse is that it, you know it's all for you know it's all for adding microtransactions. I hate where the industry is going. Well has gone. Release a game, make the unlock system a grind, disable microtransaction for review copies so the game can get a high score, unlock the microtransactions, a year later patch the grind. NetherRealm is going to make a lot of money regardless. The hardcore players like myself will buy the season pass to get the new characters. The casual will buy the loot boxes in order to get the items and the abilities to level up their characters for a single player content. Look at MK9 through MK11. It shows you how microtransactions have influenced game design. MK9 unlockables are done in a certain way. It's easy to unlock everything. You play, you play to unlock the content on the disc, pay for DLC. Mortal Kombat 10, or Mortal Kombat X, a little more of a grind. But when unlocking things in the crypt, but when unlocking, it wasn't randomized. If you play the game normally, you can unlock everything in a reasonable amount of time. You could buy all the unlockables for 20 bucks, but abilities weren't behind that $20. MK11, I predict you will buy loot boxes or buy things that increase your chances of getting something good, like abilities and ability slots. I'm disappointed, because when Mortal Kombat 11 succeeds and sells 10 million plus copies, uh, the other fighting games will try it, but then they will get criticized for doing it. And if the fighting game doesn't do it, they will only sell 2 million copies and people will say the fighting games are dead. EJ. You just fired up. I I can see why. I, I, it's <laughs> understandable. I, I haven't played a Mortal Kombat game since 9. That was the last one I played. Yeah. Um, but I remember the way the unlockables worked. It was all through the crypt. You just played. You unlocked stuff. It um it was an incentive to keep playing the game the way that it was structured. It was a really good system, I thought. I, I really liked it, you know. Playing a fighting game for me, those carrots, you know, the carrots of, you know, new costumes and new abilities or artwork and, you know, fatality, all that stuff is great. Um, putting that behind a paywall feels weird. It's like, Yeah, and that's the thing, of course, now, EJ's out there, not hypothesizing, but like jumping off of what he's hearing and all this different yeah, stuff, which yeah. has been rumors I've heard as well as terms sure. of undercurrents. I've, I saw the reviews post, they're all real positive, but then I have heard, like IGN gave it a flat nine. Uh, I saw other people tweeting about it, doing stuff uh, all over the place. One of them being, of course, Destin Legary. Oh. from IGN.com. That's in hot take, He tweeted last night, completed a Mortal Kombat 11 tower, was about to fight the final boss. The timer ran out, and now I can't get my rewards. Really not digging the timer and modifiers. I like the towers. Hey, hi, Destin. You're on Kind of Funny Games Daily. Hold on one second. I'm reading your tweet. I like the towers, but sometimes they're really cheap. Destin, how are you? You're on Kind of Funny Games Daily with me and David. Hey, I'm doing great. 
So what's going on with Mortal Kombat? You're, yeah, you, I, I've seen the reviews there positive. I've seen the undercurrent of people being mad about loot boxes, microtransaction paywalls, and then EJ wrote in all fired up today. What is your read so far on this? So I'm glad that they're patching the towers. There's a few of the challenges that are a little gimmicky in that uh, the PC will have like 400% health, and then anytime you get too close you will be electrocuted and you're unable to move. So I don't really like that. Sure. And then uh, yesterday I was going through a tower. There's a timer. I beat a really challenging tower and then I was about to fight the final boss. It's like, sorry, time's up. No rewards at all for you. And that was frustrating. Sure. So yeah, yeah. When I heard they were patching it, that was good. Have you, have you, like EJ's bringing up, he's like, are fatalities behind loot boxes? That's something he's saying? It seems like that too. Yeah, they're all locked behind the crypt. So be sure to go to the IGN wiki, which should have them all listed. All right. <laughs> oh, where would I? Where would I? Uh, would I go to IGN.com to find that wiki? Correct. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Great. Uh, do you feel like it's? Is it a fair system? Is it microtransactions gone too far? Are people freaking out? What's happening? So the store opened today. I uh. haven't had a chance to look at it yet, but as soon as I do, I will finalize my opinion. But pre-release, I really did not like it because you can't do half the fatalities in the game, and that's like one of the staple montages. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, everybody, stay tuned to Destin Legary on Twitter. He'll give you his hot take soon. All right, I'll catch you later, Greg. All right, bye, Destin. Love you. Bye. I do want to just point out for the fact of how <laughs> how good, like, I think a lot of people take for granted, like, how good podcasters are, our video game people are. Destin was not prepared for that. I did not text him earlier. Me like I'm gonna pro, call you someone. I just call, didn't. I just call him. Oh, and he's like, what? hey, here's here's fucking off the top of my head. Everything that's happening in Mortal Kombat. That's how good Destin Gary is, and how good you are if you're in this industry. Yeah. Did you that's notice that I, he didn't say he loved you back? Then? I did. Okay. I yeah. Destin. We've talked about it before. I'm pretty okay. sure Destin's a robot or a cyborg and doesn't feel emotions. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's why I appreciated him as a as a boss. Why? Because he's just like you've done an adequate job, Baron. Here's a raise. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you must hate us. Yeah, we're like no <laughs> money but free donuts. <laughs> we filled your bedroom with donuts. <laughs> New dates for you. Uh, Dormians uh, storm. St- oh Jesus, Doramian dorm. It's it's Dora, but it's Damon. So it'd be Doraman Stor- story of seasons for the Switch and PC and Steam uh, is coming out in the Americas fall of 2019. Lego DC Super Villains Shazam movie packs one and two are available now. Gummy Incorporated invites all Brave Frontier players to partake in the upcoming The King of Fighters collaboration starting from April 24th to May 22nd. Players will get the chance to acquire four new characters in game alongside old favorites. And I'm a fan of anything gummy interactive does shakedown hawaii is coming to playstation 4 and the playstation vita it lives may 7th <laughs> conrad's kittens comes to playstation vr tomorrow i i can't it, i looked at the graphics for this game a little bit of the stuff down like if this game isn't a 30 minute platinum they're missing the mark because it's just conrad taking care of his kittens conrad also a cat it appears yeah um so i don't know how it works on psvr but on vive on pc you could get a vive tracker which was like this little puck thing that you could attach to any object to make it trackable in VR. Sure. And the idea was you would attach that puck to a stuffed animal cat, and then while you're in VR, you would pick up your little stuffed animal, and the cameras would be able to track it. And so that was the concept on PC. I don't know how it's... PSVR, I assure you, does not have that functionality. Duct tape your move controller (laughs) to your favorite stuffed animal, but only keep the light bar focused in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, GT Sport 1.38 also gets an update today that adds five new cars. David, it's time for Reader Mail. 
But first, I'm going to tell you about our sponsors. Uh, first sponsor is Quip. One of the most important things we do for our health every day is brushing our teeth, yet most of us don't do it properly. Quip is a better electric toothbrush created by dentists and designers. Quip was designed to make brushing your teeth more simple, affordable, and even enjoyable. People brush too hard, and some electric toothbrushes are too abrasive. A built-in two-minute timer pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides, helping guide a full and even clean. Up to 90% of us don't brush our teeth for the full two minutes and don't clean evenly. A multi-use cover mounts to your mirror and unmounts to slide over your bristles for on-the-go brushing. This declutters your sink or cabinet and makes traveling with an electronic toothbrush easy! Quip doesn't require a clunky charger and runs for three months on one charge. Brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5. Quip! is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association and has thousands of verified five-star reviews. That's why I use it, why Nick uses it, why Tim uses it. Barry, you use it, right? Isn't that right? Weren't you one uh, of them yesterday? Yeah. Because yeah. everybody in the room yesterday uses it. I got David, the, did you I use got it? The... I've never heard of it. you got to get on does it. Does it actually last three months? Is that real? It does, no. It, I, wow. I, no, no joke. I bought my own quip for my own money. Like It's great. It's yeah. really cool. Same. Okay. Yeah. I got so, the cool uh, black on black. Like Tim You did. got the black on black? Yeah, I got the dude. blue on white because I wanted it to be kind of funny. Yeah. And then I got Jen the rose gold one. Ooh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash games right now, you get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash games. Our next sponsor is Experian. You know the better your credit score, the easier it is to get the stuff you want or the less you have to pay. So the question is, why is it so hard to raise your credit score? It won't be now thanks to Experian. They've launched Experian Boost, a brand new way to instantly increase your credit scores for free. A higher credit score can help you establish and get access to credit and preferred rates for the things you want and need in life. Experian is on a mission to help boost Americans' credit scores with the help of millions of people across the country and build with better credit tax. Well, I screwed that all up, but you understand. People all across America have already raised their credit scores with Experian Boost, and you should too. For the first time ever, paying your utilities and cell phone can instantly improve your credit score. Experian Boost works by giving your, you credit for the bills you're already paying through your bank account, like water, gas, electric, cable, and cell phone. It used to take months to see your credit score raise a po- or rise a point or two, but with Boost, you can increase your credit scores instantly. Boost is free to use and only available from Experian. Up until now, you've been paying your utility and cell phone bills and not getting any credit for it. Now you can. Uh, of course, I talked about this yesterday. I don't know if you know, credit scores, it's its a pain in the butt. It's a big old pain it in the is. butt. My, it's important. It's yeah. important. I know it's important. That's why, I'm, I'm, that's why we're promoting Experian here. Is yeah. that I looked at my thing one time and I had this credit card from college that I had paid off, but then all of a sudden had interest on nobody oh, told me man. and then it dinged the whole score. And I had call and file a thing and I had to do all this stuff. This yeah, my, my score got tanked because whenever I was in high school, I wasn't even 18 yet, yeah. but my mom and I had an apartment that she didn't pay some fee on when she when we moved out, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they attached it to me. I was like 16 Oof. at the time, but it cared with me for like 10 years, and exactly. I didn't know about it. This yeah. is an easy way to boost it. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe it's taking somebody this long to figure it out. What are you waiting for? Experian Boost can potentially help raise and establish or increase your access to credit. Boost your FICO score instantly and for free. Boost is only available at Experian.com slash KFGames. That's E-X-P-E-R-I-A-N dot com slash games. Final sponsor, Brooklinen. You spend a third of your life in the sheets. It's about time for a betting upgrade. I, of course, love my Brooklinen sheets. You know this if you see a, port- a, por- a photo of Portillo on Instagram, he is in the sheets because I love the sheets so much. I wash them and I don't put other sheets on. You know how you do that? You take the sheets, you wash them, and you put them right back on. And then they feel all hot and nice when you go to bed. 
Brooklyn Sheets were named the winner of the Best of Online category for good housekeeping, Best of Online Betting. Uh, they were founded by a husband and wife in 2014 with a mission to make five-star hotel quality sheets more affordable and easy to order. Luxury, she- luxury sheets without the luxury markup. Uh, Brooklyn is the fastest-growing betting brand in the world with over 30,000 five-star reviews. Uh, they don't just feel great. They look great, too. You can mix and match over 20 colors and patterns. Uh, Brooklyn.com is giving exclusive offer to my listeners. Get 10% off your first order and free shipping when you use the promo code GAMES at Brooklyn.com. Brooklyn is so confident in their product that all their sheets, comforters, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. The only way to get 10% off your first order and free shipping is to use promo code GAMES at Brooklyn.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code GAMES. Brooklyn. These really are the best sheets ever. The nanobiologist writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, Hey David, welcome back to kind of funny and kind of funny games daily. How did you get into writing about VR and a VR site? Do you prefer VR over gaming on a TV handheld PC? Okay. So I'll, uh, I'll address the first question first. Sure. Um, okay. You're running like a press conference. Yeah. All right. I'll answer the first part first. <laughs> um, for me, I, I think I touched on this last time I was on the show, but uh, I started writing on a volunteer basis while I was going to school and doing full time yeah. non gaming stuff. And, uh, I first tried VR, I think at GDC 2014. 2015 sounds about right and um, it was one of the old Oculus DK headsets it was like a little test demo where I was a a dinosaur hatching out of an egg with like a mom T-Rex looking down at me it was terrifying (laughs) yeah yeah, it doesn't sound like a great one (laughs) um, then I played Eve Valkyrie on Project Morpheus which is now PSVR obviously and uh, that that was the game that sold me playing that game Eve Valkyrie turned a lot of heads blew me away And um, so after that moment, I started covering VR more just out of pure interest. Yeah. And um, then a friend of a friend that uh, was at Upload VR was like, hey, they need someone to cover games and focus on games. This was in 2016, right before the Rift and Vive launched. And they're like, these headsets are coming out. There's going to be tons of games. We need someone to focus on that. And I was like, done. You know, that's yeah. like dream job. I full time writing about games. That's what I've literally yeah. always wanted to do. And uh, so that's why I've been there for three years now. Wow. And, um, yeah, I mean, VR is crazy. Like, whenever I started, there were these just little tiny random headsets that not many people knew about. And now I see commercials for Quest and Go on TV with, you know, Adam, uh, what's his name from Maroon 5? Um, Adam Levine, like, yeah. wearing a headset and, you know, making oh, jokes. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and it's, it's so like, real. <laughs> it's <laughs> exactly. all about Shane. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it's just been really cool to see VR take off like that. You it's know, gonna, I, I'm, I am extremely fascinated to see what happens with Quest. Quest oh, yeah. when I when I put that on that was such a holy shit mind blown moment that I haven't had since I mean I've had it with games game by game basis and yeah. then the first time I used VR ever and then to put it on and be like wait what I can just toss it in a bag and take it anywhere and, bolt the, and like, the thing I love about the Quest the way I try to describe it to people is like every other headset has some kind of caveat to it like PSVR has one single camera you can't turn around you know or the, it includes the controllers you can't move. The Rift and Vive, you can move around, but there's a wire attached. You have to set up all the sensors. Yeah, yeah. The Go, you can't, you know, get up and move. It's just turning your head. And so, like, the Quest gets rid of all those problems. You yeah. can go anywhere. You can, you know, just walk around your house. You can take it with you and go somewhere else. There's no setup it's, involved. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah. I can't wait for it. And that's, 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 that's the thing for me where... Obviously, being a PlayStation beat reporter or whatever, PlayStation VR I was covering, I was interested in. I, I like some oh, of the yeah. games on it. Quest is the first one where I use it, and I'm like, oh, I would buy this. I will buy this. I, I right. want this in my life, and I don't know how much I'm going to use it. I hope I use it a lot. I do, But it's like, this is fucking insane. I totally want this. And it, even, even if I get it, and it's just like Beat Saber on the road. 
I'm going and I want to still have something to do in a hotel room, right? right I just right, want to right, exercise. Right. I toss this little thing in my bag and I'm done. And some of those games they've announced, is, it's an incredible lineup. For people, if, if you don't have a VR headset, then there is... I mean, I love the PSVR. I recommend it to people all the time. And there's great exclusives on that device. Yeah, oh yeah. But having it all together for 400 bucks, yeah. and you get access to like Rec Room and VR Chatter free, you know, those are basically MMOs that you can just be wherever you want to be. You know, it's yeah. almost like Ready Player One type stuff. <laughs> almost. Yeah, you know, yeah. Not quite. And then, um, you know, like Beat Saber and all those games. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. And um, to answer the second question, I, I don't think I would say I prefer it. I don't think VR has gotten to the point where it can eclipse something like, you know, like the Elder Scrolls Online, which is an MMO I play all the time. And um, it, it's not, you know, there's nothing out there better than a good, amazing AAA game yet. Sure. And there's a lot of great indie games that aren't in VR. And I play my Switch a lot. I play VR a lot. I play PS4 a lot. I'm, I'm still playing everything about the same. Yeah. It's just another part of my gaming life now. Yeah. And, and it's your job. It's your beat, right? Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. yeah. If, if it wasn't my job, I probably wouldn't use VR as much as I do. Yeah. And um, that's just because, you know, time, of mostly. Of course. Of course. Um, but I, I, th- I don't think it'll ever really replace traditional gaming just like tv didn't replace radio it was just another yeah, you know medium. another avenue yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so i mean I, I love it and i if you have a ps if you have a ps4 it's hard not to recommend a psvr yeah 100 yeah. percent. and i think it's only going to get better and i think eventually they're going to fix playstation plus to include vr games every month and then that, yeah, that's just weird that isn't just a thing you know? I, it's one of those i think they just wanted to wind down playstation 3 and vita because that's still pretty fresh in terms of yeah. stopping that and then i think you wind that up especially when they're talking now that it's going to go with playstation 5 well then you're gonna have this library of years of games that you exactly put, who cares put batman arkham on there like yeah of course yeah. why not do that and then just have a library that encourages everybody to go buy it for sure um alec from minnesota has rights in it's not even a real question he just wants to make sure we don't forget it like we forgot it yesterday uh hey team not really a question but i wanted to talk about something that was mentioned on yesterday's show greg and andrea were talking about their favorite historical video games and they tended to focus on larger triple a games but i think they were forgetting about some stellar smaller games that are excellent too like valiant hearts this is one of my favorite games of all time because i love the story they told and how they mix the historical facts as well again not a question but i wanted to give a shout out to all the smaller games that impacted us and touched our hearts he's right Alec is 100%. Alec yeah. is 100% Good correct. Show. If you didn't know, obviously, huge Valiant Hearts guy, Greg, and I loved it. I think what we got hung up on yesterday was talking more about those games being able to put you, like, we're talking about, obviously, uh, Notre Dame, uh, and how, uh, you know, like, Assassin's Creed, uh, being able to, Unity being able to put you there, and sure. have your, I think we were thinking too literally on the nose, like, what, a game that lets me walk around that way. Valiant Hearts is a great game, of course, but it's like, you know, you're, you know the dog's digging and these, like, things, and it, like, it taught you a lot of facts and shit. Yeah. Great story, and I love Valiant Hearts, yeah. it made me cry, I think, but, like, a little bit different, but true, also true. Valiant Hearts, everybody should play. Guess what, Barrett? What? We got a required reading, everybody. Oh, Over at Polygon, Colin Campbell writes, How Fortnite's success led to months of intense crunch at Epic Games. Uh, of course, we always talk about Kotaku doing such great work with all these crunch articles, behind-the-scenes stuff. Colin's got a great one today, too. It's very long. I'll read some parts from it here, just some selects to get you started and encourage you to go to Polygon and read it. The popularity of Fortnite has been transformative for Epic Games, but the game's explosive growth led to months of intense crunch for Epic employees and contractors, some of whom say they felt extreme pressure to work grueling hours to maintain Fortnite's success and profitability, resulting in a toxic, stressful environment at the company. In a dozen interviews conducted by Polygon over a period of several months, current and former employees say they regularly worked in excess of 70-hour work weeks, with some reporting 100-hour weeks. Contract staff in Epic's quality assurance and customer service departments spoke of a stressful and hostile working environment in which 
working overtime, while officially voluntarily, was an expected service of the company. Quote, I work an average of 70 hours a week, said one employee. There's one employee. There's probably at least 50 or even 100 other people at Epic working those hours. I know people who pull 100 hour weeks. The company gives us unlimited time off, but it's also impossible to take time off. If I take time off, the workload falls on the other people and no one wants to be that guy. The biggest problem is that we're, we're the biggest problem is that we're patching all the time. The executives are focused on keeping Fortnite popular for as long as possible, especially with all the new competition that's coming in. Then I jump way, way, way deep to the end of the article. Quote, it's killing people. Something has to change. I can't see how we can go on like this for another year. At first, it was fine because Fortnite was a big success and that felt good. We were solving problems that were new, new for Epic. How to run a big global, global game as an online service. But now, the workload is just endless. End quote. Of course, uh, something to go read. Uh, I think Paul, he reached out for comic from uh, comment from Epic and they didn't have it as of time of publish. So just a good piece to go over there and see. Obviously keep an eye on this. this is something we talk about a lot on this show, how to yeah. treat developers better and how to make this stuff work. But I think for as much as we talk about how great Fortnite is, how successful Fortnite is, it's interesting to get uh, something from behind the lines, right? And see what's yeah, going on. Yeah, I mean, on. just like trying to do the math in my head, a hundred hour work week that mm-hmm. as, assuming no days off, you know, probably working seven days, that's what, 14 hours a day. Yeah. That's just, oh my, I can't even imagine. Yeah, That's, yeah. So again, a great piece from uh, Colin over there. Polygon, how Fortnite's success led to months of intense crunch at Epic Games. Everybody, check it out. David, we ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and listening on podcast servers around the globe. Phoenix98 says the strider that you are referring to in Anthem actually comes from Titanfall. Thank you. That's one thing uh, I was worrying about. Okay. Ill Grill Chill says Dead and Buried 2 and Tiltbrush are crossed by with Quest and Rift. Not that we were wrong, but something to point out. Yeah, I don't mind we that. We actually have a whole article on UploadVR.com. There it is. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Um, Admiral Bench says, and you're wrong, Giant Bomb said in their quick look of MK11, albeit pre-release, that fatalities can still be performed without unlocking them as long as you know the combo. Unlocking them just makes the combo available to the player in the game. Mm. I, haven't, I haven't been able to test it personally, but Gersman's normally pretty trustworthy. Uh, Jeff Gersman. Not true. No, he's a great guy. No, he's a great dude. Uh, again, it's pre-release. I doubt they changed that, but that was something that had come up here. That, that would make sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, Ninty Nervash is also trying to jump in here with the fatalities and brutalities thing. You don't have to unlock them. That's just how you get it there. So, okay, interesting. And then uh, Lord of Pwn says, Slay the Spire comes to PlayStation 4 on May 21st, a mixed missed date. Thank you very much. Greg, are you excited for tomorrow morning? Apparently, that's when we're getting the Persona 5 Royale news. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I'll be on a plane to L.A. tomorrow morning. And but. then the next day is the Persona 5 S news. With Persona 5 Switch, finally. N- probably not. Come on, buddy. It's probably Persona 5 Stadium. It's Come on, buddy. Come on. Game. Have some fun. Let, no. let, enjoy it, Barrett. Enjoy it. All right? I can't. You're a son of a bitch. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow's host is going to be Fran and Gary Witta. Thursday will be Greg and Andrea. Friday, it will be Fran and Tim. Of course, this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday. Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Roosterteeth.com. Podcast services around the globe. David, you, of course, are at Upload VR. People can find your work there all the time. But nobody forget the Upload VR E3 VR Showcase, June 10th, 9 a.m. That's an E3 Showcase. Very exciting stuff. It is, it is. I'm I gotta terrified. Figure, yeah, it'll be fun. Don't worry. You'll have a great time. <laughs> I got to figure out where to put this game showcase now, Barrett. You need to find a place, all right? Uh, tomorrow. 
No, that's not E3. That doesn't work. You know what? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. Thank you.